podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to this, your January edition of the Reds Review audio magazine podcast right here on Anfield Index. I am your host, Andy Wales, joined as ever by my co-host. I'm a co-host and he's a co-host. It's Guy Drinkle. How are you doing, Guy? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's almost been a couple of days <laughs> since I last spoke to you. <laughs> really uh, tough time. How are you, yeah, though? I'm good. I'm feeling rather, rather good because, uh, you know, the last time we spoke on this podcast, obviously, uh, November was a little bit of a mixed month, but December, bloody hell. It's um, it's just all positive, really, isn't it? It's gone all right, hasn't it, Andy? <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, all right, all, yeah. It's, it? it's all right. Couple ups and downs. Conceded a goal. <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> yeah, yeah. Some couple of negatives in there, conceding a goal. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jesus, like eight games, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, mm, eight games, yeah. won every single one of them. I, I don't think any of us could have quite expected that. But wow, yeah. So, uh, so today we it's our final uh, res review of 2018. So we've got all of December to look back on, which was an absolutely glorious month for Liverpool Football Club. Um, we're going to talk. about so obviously we're going to talk about all the games. There's a Champions League draw to talk about. We've got our player of the month. We've got our goal of the month. We've had some um, nice interaction from you lovely listeners on that uh, over on Twitter. So we've got to take all that in. Um, we're going to get an update on the academy. Uh, there's our fantasy football stuff. There's uh, some LFC trivia later in the show. And of course, we've got our head-to-head uh, predictions still to do and, and uh, games to talk about for January. So, Guy, there, there's just an awful lot to talk about uh, in the next hour, isn't there? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could probably talk about just the Everton game for a good hour because it was that funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, w- when, what a month, yeah. There's Everton, there's United, there's Arsenal, there's Napoli. Oh, wow, wow, wow. It's just, it's, it's a, it's an, amazingly positive month and it's such a nice feeling Liverpool clear at the top of the league going into Christmas and heading into 2019 getting ready to face Man City but yeah let's go all the way back let's rewind it all the way back to the beginning of December and Merseyside derby against Everton um wow <laughs> it's I, I've got to say I think that the narrative of the game slightly changes because of the way that it finished and the way that we won. And I know Everton had a couple of really good chances to score, but on the balance of play, I've got to say, Guy, this this really should, it should have been a comfortable win by like four, five, potentially even six goals. Such was the amount of good chances we had. But I would actually say, you know what? Bizarrely, the way that we ended up winning the game almost goes more in our favour because there's just something about that adrenaline, the way that it finishes, that it just really 
galvanizes everyone. And more importantly, Andy, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen on a football pitch. <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed cheered in that combination quite like that before. Oh, God. I mean, it was just, it was so funny. It was so funny. I think everyone, when they saw Origi coming on, just went, oh, God, why is he come on? And, I mean, he's, he's placed himself straight in the Liverpool history books. I know he had a good good run in, in our Europa League. Uh, I think, the final, can, can I just God say, damn it. Yeah, I think we should build a statue of Origi right outside of Goodison Park. <laughs> just, uh, you have to have Pickford falling on as well. Just in the bottom. Oh... Oh, I mean, Jesus. I mean, I can't even remember the game that well. It, it's, it's just one memory. Andy, I, I know Alison made a few mint saves and that, but I just, I just remember Pickford putting the ball back into play. I mean, oh, God, if we talk about overrated shite players, I mean, he's definitely one of them. Jesus Christ. Oh, what a, what a brilliant moment that was to start the month. It was a glorious beginning uh, to a glorious month, and and Liverpool being Liverpool of old, to follow up a moment like that, you know, the highs are the highs, and and winning a game in in you know what's it like the seventh minute of injury time in in the fashion that they did, would then go away to uh, a team as difficult as Burnley and would either lose or draw, but mm. especially after going behind to. A goal that should have been disallowed, firstly for offside and then for the blatant foul on uh, kicking the ball out of Allison's hands. But, you know, to go then go behind, this team a year ago might have drawn the game. I doubt they would have won it, even though we did go there and win last year. Beyond that, you go back two, three years and we definitely would have lost that game, I feel. This Liverpool team is just a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but obviously Burnley aren't the same animal they were last season, but they're still a bit of a, well, <laughs> just just a quick joke. I mean, they dropped Joe Hart yesterday and finally won a game, so, you know, hint, hint. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, they're still a horrible team to play against, and as you say, they got a fluky goal that shouldn't have counted um, against us, and... Yeah, I think it, it, we've kind of seen that as a theme throughout the throughout this month. When people score against us, it tends to annoy us, and then we punish teams. And um, we kind of did that. I mean, I, I, again, I think <laughs> the, the, all these early games, I'm not going to remember that well, because it feels like it was about a year ago. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember for me, we brought Firmino and Salah on, and it just completely changed the game, didn't it? I think we kind of re- rewarded... Um, Origi, didn't we, for the Everton goal? And he, he didn't play too well, but uh, he, I think he ended up getting an assist. But, I mean, to, to come out 3-1 in, in a game that, as you said last season, we probably would have dropped points in just because it was very fluky. And that, that that's what happened. I mean, I think we last season, didn't we beat Man City? And then we ended up losing Swan, to Swansea and West Brom. It, it, it just, it's just stuff like that we used to do, wasn't it? And... and, and Three one against Burnley might not be the most impressive result, but I mean the way we did it, it, it just kind of dispels all the voodoo we've had for so many years um, about dropping points to lower teams, and that, that's probably been my entire life looking at that. I mean, Rafa, we dropped points against crap teams. Brendan Rodgers, we did it, um, and even again, even Klopp in the first few years, we've done it. And yeah, I mean, th- as you said, this this team is just very different. 
Yeah, and one of the key difference makers being, and was key, it was uh, evident in that Burnley game is Allison in goal. That save right near the end, mm. you know, tipping it onto the post and then gathering it in his hands, immediately seeing the opportunities there, bang, counter attack. It goes from 2 1 to 3 1, game over, done. And it's just, you know, those decisive moments at the end of the season, you could count them up. And, and, who knows what difference those extra points could make? And such is the beauty of having an elite goalkeeper between the sticks now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think everyone uh, wanted a new keeper in the summer. And I think people could see, well, obviously, Carrius was kind of like broken goods, but everyone wanted the the elite goalkeeper. I mean, we were linked with Jack Butland, for example, and, and a couple others that probably escaped me. But I think everyone wanted that Yano Black or that Allison, and we ended up getting Allison. And I can't even remember how much we paid for him. I couldn't give, I couldn't give less of a toss how much we paid for him, Andy, because he's made such a big difference. Yeah, it could be two hundred and fifty million for all I care right now. And yeah, who cares? And that's still, that'd still and that's... only be worth half of more. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. We got him, and uh, whatever we paid to get them, we got them. And it's with Salah, with Virgil Van Dijk with uh, Alisson, whatever we had to pay, we paid it, we've got them. That's what really counts now is we got them because they're all key components in this team and it's and it's fantastic. And and then after that, the Bournemouth game, I've got to say, guy, going into that, I did feel confident, not just because obviously what had happened, you know, the, the wins, the, the back-to-back wins, but Bournemouth, kind of team that we do like to play against and the way that this team has matured, I did feel quite confident going to Bournemouth I didn't envisage us winning as as uh, comfortably as four nil though. Um, I kind of did. Uh, I know because Bournemouth obviously they started the season so well, but I think going into this game they had a couple injuries and their their form had turned badly, and I think we've seen that continue in December. I mean they got spanked by Man U yesterday, um, and uh, yeah, similar to you, I was very confident. I mean I don't think you ever expect to win four nil apart from me predicting us to beat Fulham six nil, which ended up not happening. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean Bournemouth, as you said, play right into our hands. Of, we were well rested off the Burnley game because, as I said, we did rest a couple of the team. And, um, yeah, we, we just turned it on. They were abysmal. Mo Salah ended Cook's career. Um, it, 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 it was fantastic. And Mo, Mo Salah was, I mean, different levels that day. Absolutely different levels that day. He was. And, and Cook got away with a nasty one mm. of uh, studding him down his Achilles as well. He didn't even get booked for that, which I thought was atrocious. Moore just carried on and slotted the, the ball in the back of the net, you know. This being the more Salah, the guy who dives all the time, by the way, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a nice narrative that's came out of this month. <laughs> yeah. I'd, well, I, I won't give my response to that, actually. We'll keep it, we'll keep it clean. We'll keep it a family show. Um... Next up was a huge, huge match. Um, I was nervous as hell going into it. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got to be honest. I did as as bad as we played away at Napoli. I did feel that they were beatable, and I did think that we could beat them. I was just nervous as hell and being superstitious and all the rest of it. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember back to what we predicted. I mean, I I felt we we probably would win, but wasn't sure whether we'd get the right score. I know you, you said, didn't you, you felt that we would 
what's something like we'd win like 2-1 or something mm. like that. But in the end, um, I don't think any of us could have expected Napoli to uh, be brushed aside, really. And 1-0 one, one was, was enough to see us through, but it was no, was it nowhere a reflection of the game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't really remember being that worried uh, in the game. Um, obviously, in 1-0, I mean, the later it goes on, you get worried. But thinking back now, I, I can't really remember Napoli threatening that much. And again, I mean, we just have to talk about Mo Salah. I mean, he, what he did to cool the barley in, on that, in that game, I mean, on the goal especially, Koulibaly's probably the only centre-back that's talked about being up there with Van Dijk and, and Salah made him look amateurish. Uh, I don't know what their left-back was doing for that goal, but, I mean, Koulibaly's the more impressive one. <laughs> but their left-back was abysmal that day. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, Napoli, obviously, it's kind of similar in roles reversed. Obviously, they they were much but much better in Naples, but didn't really get the score that reflected it. And it, it, I think it's fairly similar what happened at Anfield in our favour, fortunately. But yeah, I, I mean, I I think I was seething a bit after November because it was a it was a very mixed month, as we said at the top of the show. Um, I think we did the actual Champions League preview, and I changed it, and I thought we'd go through. <laughs> so after I calmed down, I thought we'd go through. But uh, yeah, we fortunately did, and again, Mo Salah, just, uh, he is the, he's the king round here. He's top yeah. dog. Yeah, I, I do recall you uh, actually speaking before that game and saying that you, you fancied Mo Salah to, to turn it on against Napoli in a way that he did against Roma last year. And I think you're absolutely right with that. He, he really did torture them that night. And only Sadio Mane will know how he didn't get two goals. But I think we have to mention, we can't leave that game without mentioning uh, Alisson in goal once again. Uh, I think the reason really that we're progressing in the Champions League, as much down to the goals that we score, but Alisson in our goal, if it wasn't for him in Paris, we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have really had much of an, a, a chance going into that Napoli game. He he saved our skin, and he, again he made that save late on against Napoli, uh, oh, an yes, outstanding yeah. save. Yeah, so so Allison has has absolutely played his part this season. He really has made such a such a difference. I completely forgot about that Milik chance, Andy. God. Um, yeah, they did threaten us. <laughs> uh, I should scratch that from what I just said at the start. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, it was it was only the, it was that one chance, mm, wasn't it? Mm. And it was right at the end. So, and that is it. That's where you need your keeper to bail you out. Uh, and that is the difference yeah. now, is we've yeah. got a keeper that can bail us out. He can have nothing to do for 90 minutes. Uh, but when we do need him, bang, he's on it. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I said it in the... In the uh, Burnley, but then it, it, it didn't matter what he cost. I, I can't remember. And again, he's showing it. Um, and I think it was a question that was raised on UP if he if he was performing at world class levels. I think the last couple of months have, have just confirmed that he has. I mean, it's uh, it, it's just stupidly how good he is. I mean, he's came in the league. Obviously, he's made some comical errors and and so forth I mean but who who really cares I mean he's I'm not sure how many points he's actually earned us but I imagine he I mean Chelsea saved loads of one-on-ones Burnley as you said could have turned into a draw Napoli we could have been out of the bloody Champions League it, it, it's just it, it, it's just insane how, how much he saved us already and as we're only 
five odd months in the season, halfway through the season, and it, it, and as I said, he's made a couple comical errors. He can still get better in that regard. It's just stupid. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, there was the there was the error against Leicester that uh, cost a goal, but we won the game. The next match up against Man United, there was error that cost mm-hmm. a goal. A, a mixture of an error and unfortunate. Obviously, yes, he did spill it, but then it hits his knee. That's the unfortunate part of it. Normally, you'd spill it, it would come down around the body and they'd gather it at the second opportunity. Goalkeepers often do, you know, they spill out the hands, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not, but then they're on the ball, they gather it. It's just unfortunate that at this point, you know, when it comes out of his hands, it bounces it off his knee and then it leads to a goal. But before that, you know, before that United goal that, that pretty much came out of uh, of nowhere, you know, it, it was such a dominant opening uh, half an hour for Liverpool. Uh, and the goal was, was you know, as I say, reward. We, we probably should have been two, three goals up at, at that point. It was, I, I don't know, it was, it turned out to be Mourinho's last match and it was a lot more open than I expected. It was almost as though Mourinho wanted to be sacked the way that United started that game. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately sacked, I think we should say. Um, but this game, obviously, Alisson had the mistake. But as, as we said, he, he's bailed us out so much this season. It was only fair that the outfield players bailed him out and, and the sure the sure as hell did that. But... Um, that first twenty-five, twenty-odd minute spell that you, that, that you mentioned, I I was almost awestruck with how dominant Fabinho was in that game. Obviously, he's had good performances before this, but I mean, that this performance, he just—I'm trying to keep it PG. <laughs> he just he he just took the mick. He he was dominating that game, as you said, and they got a lucky goal from which took away from the almost perfect. Um, performance and um, yeah, Fabinho. I think he really announced himself to the wider, the wider football fandom in the UK because obviously the highest of profile matches in in England. And um, I think the Liverpool fan base already appreciated him, but I think fans outside of Liverpool will now look at would have looked at that game and just went, "Oh God damn, he he he's going to be something special." Yeah, I, I know in the Merseyside derby, Andre Gomez came in for a lot of love uh, from from pundits, and I thought he he had a good spell from about sort of thirty minutes up until about eighty minutes when he ran mm. out of legs. But I thought the best midfielder on shore that day was easily Fabinho. I thought he ran yeah. the game in the middle of a Merseyside derby, one touch pass in, totally calm. He absolutely ran that game. Then the Bournemouth game, he ran that one as well. And then the United, yeah, he he was it was a virtuoso. He he was a maestro in that midfield, and it just it was just laughable to hear Carragher on commentary saying about how he'd had a few dodgy performances and uh, people weren't too sure about him at, at Bournemouth. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Other than the Arsenal game where he wasn't even the worst midfielder on show, yeah, he wasn't good that game. We know that at the Emirates, but other than that. He's been so good, and, and certainly throughout December, you know, we're seeing the quality that this guy possesses, and it is—it's that one-touch passing. He's linking up the play. He's even taking it further forward now. He's just turning it to something else. And that second—I uh, was going to say the second half—but you know, we conceded that goal against United. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I thought we had a sticky sort of ten, fifteen minutes going up to halftime. Second half, that was it. Within a couple of minutes, we got. We, we we took back control of the game, 
dominated from there on in. Had a ridiculous amount of shots, which I was starting to get a bit frustrated as having pot shots. But we get, you know, we get the 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 uh, the goals that we deserved. Absolutely deserved three one winners. A totally totally dominant performance. I don't think I've ever seen us dominate United quite that much. Yeah, obviously we've had big score lines. I mean, the four one against uh, under Rafa and stuff. But this game. It was just completely different to anything I've seen in terms of... The, I mean, obviously, 13-14, we battered them as well. Uh, I think it was that. When Moyes was there, we we, we battered them as well. But this one... Uh, go, lucky goal, the lucky conceded goal aside, we controlled that game. Um, it, and obviously, it, it took Shakiri coming on to, to add that extra quality, unfortunately. But we shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. But, um, yeah, we, we controlled that game and... It would if if I was a Man United fan, God forbid, I would have been embarrassed because they just had no intent of doing anything in that game. No, there was a chasm of quality uh, difference between the two sides. Uh, after that, another tricky game on paper, going away to Wolves. I, I thought this one would be a bit touch and go. Wasn't sure whether we may even uh, end up drawing, but but yeah, a, a, a thoroughly professional performance I, I felt against Wolves guy in, in what was really challenging conditions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, the conditions were horrendous. It was absolutely tonking down. Um, and again, uh, our, our world-class players step up in this game. And I think obviously Salah and Van Dijk get on the score sheet. They're two of the three world-class players we've got, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, Wolves, I think they're 7th in the league at the minute. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, they just popped up on the Liverpool side. Um, and, yeah, it, it was just an absolute professional performance, really. Uh, started the game a bit sloppily. I think Fabinho gave the ball away a couple of times. I mean, a couple um crossfield passes that got cut out. But, I mean, the the highlight for me, for me in this game is Van Dijk just looking at Adama Traore, who obviously we know quite well because he was obviously at Borough and that, that's our closest team and he, he was quite popular around here for, for his uh, direct direct speed and stuff like that and Van Dyke just looked at him and just went nah mate I'll just take this ball and off you pop son and uh, yeah it, it, they, they just didn't really trouble us because Van Dyke just took the mick in that game yeah yeah Van Dyke again this guy is just <laughs> running the show. There's there's so many players who are having um, such such a good run of form at the moment. This month has been very very positive. You not just results, but performances for you know sort of five or six players. It's mm. it's so pleasing to see that you know we're not just relying on a goalkeeper. We're not just relying on Salah scoring goals. You know we're not just relying on one or two players. You know it, it's it's most of the team are all chipping in with with high level performances. And it is it's immensely pleasing to see. So Boxing Day at home to Newcastle, I felt confident we would win this. Um Newcastle aren't particularly good. Um Rafa tends to be um so what I suggest slightly generous against us, a little bit more open. Just a wee and, bit. <laughs> yeah. And you know, running out four little winners, it, it was um won't quite say a procession or a testimonial game, but it it was again. It was it was quite comfortable, really. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I think 
whether it was deliberate or not, I think Rafa did do us a favour. I think he dropped his two um, first-choice strikers, which is always nice. <laughs> um, I think they had a couple chances at the start, but obviously the Blaine Hosselu, who's not very good. Um, but after that, I mean, Lovred Scott turned into Skirtle, which I'm, I'm going to keep championing that because he started scoring and he scored a worldie, uh, which Skirtle used to do. Um, Salah got a penalty, uh, still not very good at penalties, <laughs> but he scored, he scored two out of two and that'll do me. And yeah, for me, again, Fabinho got his, got his first goal, which was a lovely moment, but I mean, I think I worded it as just a, because I think I did post, I, yeah, I did do post-match raw for this uh, on Pro. It was a boring 4-0 win, and that's what this season's got me doing. A 4-0 win is now boring. How, how the hell does that happen, Andy? It's marvellous, isn't it? Just enjoy the majesty of uh, boringly winning 4-0. And, and it was quite, it was, I, I, what I found quite humorous was the, the whole thing about the penalty. Because when it happened, I had no doubt it was a penalty. It was a foolish foul from mm-hmm. Dummett to give away. There was no protestations from the Newcastle players. Dummett didn't argue with it at all. He knew what he'd done. Uh, and then I was kind of like, surprised to be honest at the fume from some other fans on social media accusing him of a dive and and, and even a statement being put out that no, no action would be taken against him and really it's like it wasn't it wasn't like a you know a, a bad foul or anything like that it was just he put his arm around he pulled his arm he impeded him anywhere else on the pitch it's a foul nobody questions it and Normally, Premier League referees are um, a bit frightened of, of giving decisions in the box that they would give elsewhere. It, it's almost like it has to be more of a severe foul for them to give a penalty. But, we, hey, we got a penalty, and I think that was our first penalty in something like 14 months at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously penalty pool came back against Arsenal um, as well. I mean, the old saying, you, you wait for a bus and then two come at the same time. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree. I mean, it, it's kind, it kind of was a soft penalty, but it was a penalty. Because I think it's not a dive, but I think it's fair to say Salah obviously um, over-exaggerated the reaction, I think it's fair to say. But again... I mean, it was stupid by Dummett, as you say. And it didn't really matter, to be honest. Newcastle will never get him back into that game. <laughs> just, Absolutely. It Absolutely. I mean, even if if that stayed at 1-0 for the whole game, Newcastle weren't scoring. There was never no. really a worry of that scoring. And, no. and the fact that it just kind of, if anything, it just let Newcastle rest a couple of players and then they went on to get a decent point against Watford a couple of days later. So I'm sure Rafa wouldn't have wanted to get beat 4-0, but it kind of worked for him. He was rewarded with a good point a few days later. So you can see you can see why he did it, and it, it kind of worked. Mm. Uh, we finished the month off with Liverpool 5, Arsenal 1. And I'd actually say that... The, the scoreline perhaps doesn't quite reflect the game because mm-hmm. I think first half we were really sloppy in terms of uh, on-the-ball possession. We were giving it away a bit too easily. I thought Fabinho was a bit sloppy with the ball. Um, both the full-backs were sloppy at times. Yeah. It was a strange performance from Robbo, uh, who's normally you know just so reliable. I thought Lovren was, was a bit sloppy in possession as well, first half at times. Um, second half, different story. 
totally different story. But obviously, by halftime, it's 4-1. It's pretty much game over. And, you know, what a start to the game. It really exciting end-to-end stuff. We look like we're going to tear them apart. Then we... It was a sloppy ball, wasn't it, from from Fabinho that gets intercepted. They get a corner. It comes in. The ball goes wide. We have a goal kick. Goes out to Trent. Comes back in. Lovren with a, just a nothing ball dinked in into the to the halfway line. Mm-hmm. Gets headed back from the Arsenal players. Then he dives in. Totally sells himself. Robbo's gone and overcommitted himself. And we get caught. You know, it, it's it's a combination I think of that sloppiness that we have seen at times this month though is a little bit of sloppiness and and we get punished for it but like you mentioned uh, against Burnley and potentially maybe in the in the game against Manu as well is you know the last thing you kind of want to do against this Liverpool team is score against them because that just makes us angry just take the nil-nil, lads. Just take the nil-nil. That's your best hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it really was a weird game um, yesterday or the other day. Um, it, 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 well, it was sloppy. I mean, I think Robbo kind of highlighted it quite well. Obviously, he did a magnificent pass for Bobby's third, second, second goal, I think. No, Mane's goal. Mane's, Mane's goal, yeah. Goal, yes. Too too many goals this month, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a great pass for that. Whether he was just picking out the back post or if he if he meant to play that to Salah, I mean, good damn. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he did try to pick out Salah, but he was really sloppy in that game. I think defensively, he was very poor and. Um, I know people say it's me and stuff, but if if Moreno had that performance, people would be fuming at him. <laughs> um, it's um, it was a weird day for Robertson, and, and he, he has had a couple weird moments recently. I mean, I'm not saying he should be dropped or anything, but he, he, I mean, he tried to backheel. I think it was Wolves where he tried to backheel assist it to the other team. Uh, he lost a couple of people at Newcastle. He, uh, I think. I think Klopp mentioned it in the press conference that Robbo might need to improve a bit. Um, and I think that's fair to say. He, he can improve. I mean, last year he was pretty much flawless. Uh, and, uh, I, I love Robbo, but I, if it I'd, better teams would probably punish him a bit. And obviously Arsenal did, kind of. I, I wouldn't blame Robbo for that because he, he was expecting us to be attacking. And it was a sloppy ball out. And as you said, Lovren dived in. Um, but no, I mean, five. And I'm, I'm not going to stick on conceding the goal for that long. I mean, we we were magnificent against Arsenal. A different level. I mean, it was kind of a more... It was a last-season performance, I'd probably say. A bit bit more, especially first half, a bit more exciting, but a bit more sloppy, as you said. And um, obviously, we we killed the game before half-time. Second half comes along. We put Henderson on relatively early. And it was pretty much... Well, we will just sit here and take this. If you want, if you want us to score another four or five goals, I mean, you can try attack us, and they didn't, <laughs> uh, because we we would have put more, we would have put more goals past them, and uh, a lovely moment where Henderson proper spooned that shot, <laughs> uh, the crowd reaction. I, I I quite like that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, one thing from probably the last few games for me, Andy, to take away, I mean, he didn't start against Arsenal, but Henderson's upturn in form, I think it's fair to say, he's not, he, he, he never really, or under Klopp, he's never really reached the heights of 13-14 and possibly 14-15. Obviously, the team was a lot worse that season. But um, 
these last few games, he's obviously played a bit further forward with Ginny and Fabinho kind of settling into a partnership. And he's looked so much better for me, Andy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he even worked quite well with alongside Fabinho. Mm. In a more advanced role, I, I like this role that he's got. You know, he's in and out. He's not starting every game, not as deep. Coming on a sub, adds that energy, like against Arsenal, comes on, adds that energy, a bit further up the pitch, closing them down. They're not enjoying it. And that was the thing that frustrated me when we played Arsenal at the Emirates. I felt, I really felt it was an opportunity missed because we were way too passive. We didn't, we didn't press them aggressively enough and they are vulnerable. They like to, you know, Emery wants them to build the ball, build the play up from the back, keep the ball at the back. And they don't have the goal, the goalkeepers or the defenders who are comfortable in possession enough to do what he wants them to do. And the opportunity is there to get at them. And other teams have done it. And I thought we weren't aggressive enough at the at the Emirates. And we really missed out on an opportunity there. But I thought we put that right in this game. We were yeah. all over them to the point where they were going long very early. They they were you know deciding against doing that and then trying it and then we were closing them down you know and the goal for Mane starts Mane winning the ball at them and we quickly turning on them and yeah attacking wise it it was just a great performance second half was all about control but yeah a bit hit and miss first half but what about the penalties then uh, just on the final note for this game because I've got to say I thought the first one on Salah was. Uh, unquestionably a penalty. I have no idea what mm-hmm. Socrates was arguing about the case for because he actually fouled him twice. Uh, I've I've said this, I've watched Socrates at Dortmund for a few years. He's a very emotional defender. He's aggressive, front-footed, a lot like Lovren can be. He makes bad decisions and, and that was a, another example of it. He makes some bad decisions and that was a shocking decision. It was poor defending. He got caught. He fouled him twice it's a penalty. Absolutely no question in my mind. Um, then the next one, the one on Lovren, I thought was incredibly soft. I thought we were fortunate to get that one. And the other one, the one with Klein, at, at first viewing, I thought, nah. And then you see it on the replays and, well, actually it does catch him. And it would have been soft, but perhaps, again, perhaps we're fortunate to have got away with that one. What What were your thoughts on the three penalty shouts? Um, I pretty much agree with everything you said there, Andy. I think the first one, just, just so stupid, idiotic. Um, I mean, Salah's going nowhere. I mean, if it, if it, if he scores from there, I mean, it, it's the goalkeeper's fault. Uh, and, and Socrates, I don't know why he's in such a hurry to tackle him. He's pretty much about to go out of play, if anything. And it, as I said, if if Leno gets beaten there, I mean, it's not that it's not the centre back's fault. Um. It's it's just idiotic, and he he kind of he looks like a, a spent bullet. Um, obviously, I think a few years or a couple of years he he was good at Dortmund. You'd probably know more than me, but all I've heard since Arsenal bought him is that he's pretty finished. And from his time, I've watched him at Arsenal. I don't really watch foreign football that much, but what I've watched at Arsenal, he does look like a spent bullet, and um, it was very much highlighted in our game. And yeah, I do agree, Lovren. The one on Kolasniak and uh, Lovren, it was soft. I mean, if that was against us, I'd be fuming, but I don't really care. It it was stupid enough to push. I think there was, I can't remember what game it was, but there was something similar um, the other day. Uh, Someone will probably be shouting at me, tell me what it is, but there was something similar. Um, I think it was a Burnley-Arsenal game, actually. Yes, possibly. it, it, It just looked... 
Um, yeah, well, it was soft. I mean, it was he, he should never have went down there, but I don't really care. It got for it got um, for me nor his hat trick. You know, yeah, nice of taking penalty and nice of more to hand the penalty over mm. to him as well. Yeah, you wouldn't see that from uh, other top strikers, <laughs> Harry Kane uh, in the in the league. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a lovely moment and. Um, I, I, the Klein one, I mean, I was probably that excited and I wasn't barely paying attention. I was just probably going going a bit mental at the time, but I think he did touch him and I think it probably was a penalty. But, I mean, Alisson probably would have saved it anyway going off the month he's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, hey, it, it, it was uh, it was a big win. We were, we were by far the better team uh, and a lovely way to end the month. Uh, so, so one final bit of business then we, before we move on to our monthly awards. Uh, we've drawn Bayern Munich in the next round of the Champions League. So, uh, happy with that one? Um, yeah, considering uh, obviously we came second and it was it was going to be a harder group. Um, I just wanted to avoid Juve and Barcelona. Um, you, you obviously watch more German football than me, as I said previously. But um, Bayern Munich, I think the second in... Bundesliga and obviously quite an aged team. I think they've obviously been linked with a few players to kind of bring the the age of the squad down even in January. And um, they're kind of just going off the reputation, the little bits I know, they're possibly tailor-made for us. A bit bit slow, a bit older, whereas we're just full of, full of energy, full of running. Yeah. Yeah, I do watch a lot of Bundesliga football. I do, I do follow it quite diligently and and Bayern are a club in transition. They're a team in transition. Uh, there's still too many older players that are starting regularly. They've got, you know, some very very talented players. Still, they've got some talented younger players. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes with that club. They've just began to settle down with uh, with Kovac as a coach there. There was rumours over his position. They've just improved their form slightly in recent times. So there's an awful lot that can happen between now and you know, sort of middle of December, middle of uh, February, I should say, when when we face them. Uh, but I think important that, um, you know, we're playing them at home first because Virgil's missing from the first leg, but we're mm. playing them at home first. We're strong at home. They've not looked as good away from home. They've mostly been very strong at home. So to have Virgil back for the second leg at the Allianz, I think is important. There's, no, there's, there's going to be no Thomas Müller for that first leg as well. And he's become quite important in the way that we're attacking because they've adopted slightly uh, changed their, their formation. And what I will say is that the teams have had a go at Bayern this season. More teams have had a go at them in the Bundesliga. And where Bayern have looked susceptible, the types of teams and the style that they faced is exactly what we do. And we do it better than uh, most teams. So I, I think it, it's it's certainly going to be tough. It will be difficult and will not be without a, a worrying moment here and there. But I, I feel fairly confident that we should have a bit too much for this particular buying team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only concern you mentioned there is that Van Dyke's banned for the first game, and we only have. I know, I know, Gomez is, I think, meant to be back soonish. I'm, I, I think Matip it, it's a bit more up in the air, but uh, we only have one other centre back, and that's Lovren. Uh, so I don't really want to be lining up against anyone, never mind Bayern Munich, with um, with, with just Lovren and possibly Fabinho or whoever out of position. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think we'll get through that one. Yeah, it should certainly be an interesting 
and, and great that we, you know, after a long time, we're going to be facing them, and it's it's going to be very very interesting. And obviously, the whole Klopp factor with German with a with a German team and everything involved in that, I, I think it's going to be a hell of a hell of a two legs against a, another European giant. So I'm really really looking forward to that one. Anyway, right, time for our monthly awards. So we're going to do goal of the month first. Then, so guy. I will. What I will say is that uh, we put out on Twitter asking for for listeners to vote on what their goal of the month was, and you could choose between Origi versus Everton, Mane's versus Man United, and Firmino's second one against Arsenal. And you could have added others if you want. Um, Origi came out on top, guys. So I'm not sure if that affects your um, your thinking. No, because that's the one I voted for. Because if you didn't, if you didn't vote for that, Andy, you're dead inside. It, 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 it's the, as I said, it's the funniest thing I've seen in a long while. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it has to be that. <laughs> Just for for sheer comedy value, um, yeah. And we have to mention the Mane one against United. Beautiful chip from Fabinho. Took it wonderfully on his chest. Did Mane? Nice run. Took it on his chest. His eyes were on the ball all the way through as he then connects and smashes it in. Absolutely wonderful goal, beautifully taken. And the Mino won the second one against Arsenal where he just dribbles and has three Arsenal players on the floor as he slots it in the back of the net. I mean, it's just uh, just fantastic to see and nice to see Bobby back in form. But that Origi goal, for, for everything that came with it as a package, it was just, uh, it, was, it was worth its weight in gold, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any any other vote would have been unjust, Andy. I think that's it. It has to be that goal. <laughs> um, what about Player of the Month then? Because there, there was this was a bit more difficult, I'd say, because there's so many different contenders in in this. Uh, so many players have had good months. You know, Allison, Fabinho, Van Dijk, Salah, Robertson, uh, Genie. There's been a lot of love for Genie online. I've got to say, mm. lots of people really loving uh, Genie's recent form and. <laughs> no, Trev Downey is a is a big fan of of Genie using his backside to shield the ball. He didn't say backside, did he, Andy? <laughs> oh dear! But uh, um, is G? It was Genie and his magic shielding ass. There yes. you go. Yes, there it is. Oh dear! But um, yeah, I mean Genie. I think obviously the Arsenal game was quite recent, and he was very good in that game. Uh, um, and, uh, he's had a very good month, but for me, Andy, there's only one person for it, and that, that's Mo Salah. Uh, I know the I know the other options. You could have had uh, Allison and stuff, but I think Mo Salah. I, I think Cybron just put this out on Twitter. I think he scored or scored or assisted twelve goals, and I think that's more than double anyone else in the squad in in this month. And um, without him, I know you could probably say the same with Allison, but without him, we'd be out the Champions League, and we'll probably be nowhere near the title race. I know you could put that yeah. uh, with uh, Van Dyke and, and Allison as well. But um, Salah, at the, well, I know he kind of changed uh, against Arsenal, but Salah's the only one who consistently scores and and is, is our most creative player. So I think you've got to give it to Salah for this month for me. Yeah, online Van Dyke did come out on top. He got uh, virtually two-thirds of the votes. So, and, I'd, and I think he has been... Just magnificent, oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. magnificent. I, I think the whole world is is kind of waking up to just how good this guy is now, and it's not just us blowing his pipe. 
Um, earlier in the month, I would definitely have gone for Allison. Just, I think he deserved the recognition for the difference he's made. Uh, you know, in tight games and key moments, his saves have, have have made a real difference to us and where we are. But I think once you get to the end of the month and then you look at them figures and you see just how influential Moore's been and the goals and the goal involvement and yeah, my word, you know, the the guy is absolutely on fire. You know, this is uh, this is that one season wonder who is is absolutely on fire and has has had more goal involvement than in one month than most players have all season. So. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with you and go and go with Mo Salah, but but we could easily have given it to to one of half a dozen players, and that in itself I think is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but as you said, you didn't even put Ginny on on the uh, on the poll, and <laughs> he probably would have got a fair share of the fair share of the voting. Uh, it it even before you said a few others. Uh, you could pretty much mention anyone at the minute in this month, and um, th- there'll be someone voting for him. Uh, it's just a just a brilliant month, just the the perfect month. Yeah. So time for a quick update from the academy, then, guy. Yeah, uh, how are things faring for the uh, for the under under eighteens, under twenty threes? Uh, any better than before? Um. Yeah. I mean. Uh, the under twenty three seems to have got a lot better. I mean, I've I've actually done a bit of prep this time, Andy, and we'll probably have to rush through because the time is cooking on. But um, Rafa Camacho looks like he he was he was one of the uh, the more eye catching players for the under twenty threes uh, this this month. I think he played in the under nineteen Champions League as well. Um, but I'll go through the results quickly because we're a bit pressed for time. Under twenty threes, one all with Bournemouth, three one uh, win against Hertha Berlin. Uh, uh, two uh, 4-1 victory over Arsenal and a one-all draw with Swansea but I think we missed a last-minute penalty if I remember correctly on on that one so a bit of a mixed month for the under 23 but I think it's a lot better considering we got beat 7-0 in November so I think it, I think it's got better in December um, I mean the under 18s just uh, eventful as ever Andy um, first game we beat Middlesbrough 6-5. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and Bobby. I think Bobby Duncan got four goals. He, he, I mean, he had a great month. Uh, Southampton, I think Paul Glattel, who I've mentioned previously, got, on a, got a hat-trick. Yeah, he did. He got a hat-trick against Southampton. Uh, we beat Napoli 5-0 in, in, the Champions, in the Youth Champions League. I think that put us through. Um, and I think we had five different scorers in that one, which is a bit of a rarity. Yes, we did. Um, uh, and then we beat Portsmouth 3-2. So I get a perfect month for the under-18s as well, Andy. So two names I'll pick out is Rafa Camacho and Bobby Duncan um, for, for both groups, respectively. Oh, good to see. It's good, it's good to hear that things are improving and we've got young players who are, are impressive and uh, who are impressing and, and potentially... You know, we may see them uh, make a cut the odd appearance uh, mm. substitute or, or otherwise uh, t- before the end of the season. Uh, what about the fantasy stuff then, the FPL? How, how are things going in that? Oh, let me just get the league up. Uh, I, think uh, I noticed that um, overall of all players, Salah is, is the uh, the highest point scorer in the game. So uh, the, his, his fine performances are, are certainly reflected in terms of fantasy football league. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, Andy, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> As we said in in the Player of the Month, he, he's just on a different level, and um, most expensive player in the league. Uh, 
just in 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 the FPL league, I should say, and he he's given you consistent rewards and return for for that money, and um, yeah, if you don't have more salary in your team, it's going a bit wrong for you at the minute. Um, <laughs> I, I don't just out of pure superstition, but yeah, <laughs> the ones I just noticed, Allison is top of the the goalkeepers mm-hmm. uh, point scoring. Uh, Robertson tops the defenders, and and Van Dijk is third, and uh, Trent is back in sixth place. So you know, we defend we kind of dominate in them scoring positions. Salah tops the midfielders, obviously Mane's uh, a few places behind. Um, Bobby had been well down the list, but he's now up in fourth mm. uh, in terms of of the forward. So you know, Liverpool players uh, are doing doing quite well for you if you're picking them in your fantasy team. Surprise for me, what was I mean? I looked at the striker figure and I thought, as we said in previous months, Bobby's right at the bottom normally, or right mid table, but normally, and then he, there he has just popped up in fourth. And I thought he would, he would still continue his mixed form, but I mean, unless all the other strikers have stopped scoring and he's just kind of reverted back to 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 the average. Um, um, he, he's definitely he's definitely upped his form just going off his FPL stuff. Um, but yeah, it's great to see that we're pretty much dominating in every position apart from striker. And if Bobby, um, hopefully builds off this hat trick, because I imagine that boosted him quite a decent amount, <laughs> it, it it'll be great. But uh, I'll go through the leagues to finish up on the FPL because I I want to get into the predictions, Andy. Um, I think. Richard Merritt has pretty much won the AI League every month I've done this, and that's Tiki Morsal, his team. Um, and I think Simon Dowling, uh, our friend Hefty Horse, is top of the Contributors League. Yes, he is, Simon Dowling, um, Hefty Horse by, on Twitter. He, he's top of the um, Contributors League, finally knocking off Neil C off, off his perch after so long. But uh, yeah, uh, I think it's been a Mixed month for me. I'm down in sixth in the contributors league. I think I was fourth a couple of weeks ago. So, but yeah, it's, it's I, very I don't tight. want to talk about where I am. Are you near the bottom? Yeah, I, I'm in the Burnley sort of region. So you're above Justin, though. So Justin, that's embarrassing. Thanks very much. I don't know. So, but uh, any if if people want to get more into to the uh, mm-hmm. the FPL stuff, there is of course the uh, the FPL uh, podcast that you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just don't listen to me. Listen to the ones who are actually good at it. That's my uh, tagline for it. Uh, I I tend to host, or I try to host, because uh, uh, yeah, listen to the other people, not me. <laughs> right, a bit of trivia time then. Okay, uh, quite a lot of uh, birthdays in January. Second uh, of January, we've got Maxi Rodriguez. Remember him running Legend. down the wing? Yeah, signed back in 20, January of 2010. Um, he was born 2nd of Jan 1981. Uh, 4th of January, it's uh, James Milner's birthday. He'll be turning 33, uh, who has become a, a modern-day legend uh, based out of Twitter. and, and, uh, and a good one. Yeah, cult hero. That's a good one. Uh, 5th of January is Davy Fairclough. Uh, super sub as he was, uh, cracking player of his time. He was born uh, back in 1957. Um, 8th of January, Camille uh, Grabara, he'll turn 20. Nice. So, uh, a youngster in the squad. Uh, 9th of January is Ray Houghton, born uh, 1962. He was a uh, excellent player, right? Ray Houghton, a real uh, classy and classy player on the on the right side of midfield. Uh, great signing, great part of that amazing team. Uh, another me- member of that uh, 
of that team that I love, still love so much to this day is, is my hero, Peter Beersley, born 18th of January 1961. So happy birthday to, uh, to Peter Beersley, my hero. Um, 23rd of January, uh, Bob Paisley would have uh, turned 100. So the late, great Bob Paisley, it's his birthday on the 23rd of January. And I would imagine that will get um, some attention uh, closer to the time. Uh, 28th is uh, Jamie Carragher's birthday. He'll be turning 41. So uh, happy birthday to him. And final one is a youngster that we uh, that we saw some of in preseason look quite uh, quite impressive on the 30th of January. Curtis Jones turns 18. So uh, I wonder if we might see a little bit of uh, him mm. maybe over the next year or so. Big future for him. Future. <clears throat> yeah. Um, just quick one looking back is um, obviously January uh, has become a big thing about signings. So um, looking at our si- January signings over previous years, okay, obviously one year ago, we signed a certain Virgil van Dijk officially. Um, 2013, it was Daniel Sturridge and Felipe Coutinho coming in. Uh, 2011, Andy Carroll and Luis Suarez both signed. Do you remember that uh, when Torres was sold to Chelsea? Got a couple uh, <laughs> different 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 signings there, Andy. <laughs> uh, 2006, uh, the January transfer we uh, we saw we signed uh, Danny Aga. Um, he was such a great player before the injuries uh, took their toll. Uh, Yari Lipmanen signed in January of 2001 as well. He was a hell of a player. We not get Mascarano we... in January. Uh, I'm trying to think back. Was it um, seven or six? Possibly. I think it was. Sure, we got him in January, but anyway, that's a. Oh, it's quite possible. I, I, I might have missed that one. Uh, back in 1978, there's there's a good stretch for you. Is Graham Souness signed for Liverpool as well? One of the, one of the greatest midfielders ever. Yeah, incredible player. And just a last note for you. Um, a little bit of trivia on the 5th of January, in 1946, the great Bob Paisley. And the great Billy Little both made their Liverpool debuts. So, uh, so there you go. So there's your, yeah, nice little one to finish on. So there's your trivia. So what are we left with now? Just predictions. I think it's just predictions now, Andy. Yeah. Not not, um, not as busy this month. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's hard to hard to have quite as many games as that. So looking quick back, look back at December. Um, obviously Liverpool Everton you predicted 3-1 I predicted 1-0 it finished 1-0 so you got a point I got 0 Liverpool Burnley <coughs> I went 2-0 you uh, sorry you went 2-0 I went 2-1 and it was 3-1 so I'll go for the moral victory but we both got one point bet you're fuming fuming last minute <laughs> yeah fuming with that third goal how dare you take points off me um, against Bournemouth, you went for two one. I went for three two. Of course, it was four nil, but we've got we both got a point out of that. Uh, against United, you went for a two one defeat. I went for a nil nil. Uh, we won three one, so neither has got anything out of that. Against Wolves, you went two one Liverpool. I went two nil Liverpool. Oh, ah, so you Ooh. got a point, and I got a three points. First time ever. Um, and Liverpool, Newcastle, you went 3-0, I went 2-0, it was 4-0, so we got a point each. And then finally, uh, Arsenal, you went 3-1, I went 2-1, it was actually 5-1, so we both got the one point. And all that means that you are sitting pretty on 21 points, 
and I am trailing in your dust on 14. But <laughs> still time to uh, to make up that ground. So, Premier League only. Are we going to go uh, Liverpool, Man City, away from home coming up on the 3rd of Jan? So, what are you going for that one, Guy? Oh, God. I'll go to all. Desmond. You're mm. going to go for the Desmond 2 2. I'm going to go. I'll go 1 1 because I think it is going to be a draw as well. Um, Brighton after that. Away to Brighton. I mean, they let Solanke score last season, so uh, I'll go 3 0. Ooh, 3 0. That's very, very uh, confident. I'm going to go for a tight one. I'm going to go for a 2 1, actually. I think they might squeak a goal. Here's one. Crystal Palace at home. Mm. I think we actually lost this one last year, didn't we? Um, Was it Ben Teke and Sacco doing that celebration I think, on the side of the pitch? I think that might have been the year previous, if I remember correctly. Uh, oh, God. I will go 2-0 to us. You're going 2-0. I'm going to go 1-0 just to be slightly different. And final game of January, we're at home to Leicester. 4-1. Ooh, very very confident. I'm going to I'm going to go for another 2-1. I think it's going to be quite tight. So, there's our predictions done then. Um all that leaves is uh, the FA Cup third round. We're away at Wolves. On uh, Monday night game, seventh of January. What what do you think for that one? Do you think we'll see a lot of changes? I think we have to, Andy. I mean, Van Dyke's played every game apart from the League Cup game, if I remember correctly. Robbo's pretty much done the same, apart from I think Miranda's played one other. Um, so I'm expecting a completely changed backline. Maybe Lovren stays in because, as I said earlier, lack of options. Minule, possibly, maybe one of the younger goalkeepers. Um, and yeah, but I mean, midfield rotation. Maybe get a youngster in there. I mean, it might be nice to see Curtis Jones. I imagine Cater will play because he. I think he's still settling in, isn't he? Sturridge, Origi. Um, um, I mean, yeah. it is January, Andy. Might get might get Harry Wilson back or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Early shout. Harry Wilson plays against Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what do you, do you think we'll uh, with all the changes do you expect, and then do you think we'll go through? Because obviously it comes straight after the the well, it comes quite soon after the City game. Um, I think it'll be a tough game. I I think Wolves. I, it depends because Wolves obviously have a decent crack at the Europa League spots here. Um, and they could probably they could possibly finish above United. I think it's still relatively close. Um, so I think they I think they'll rotate quite a lot as well because they've played pretty much the same team most of the season so I think it'll be one of those dodgy games where it ends up at penalties I mean I, this is proper bottling this answer Andy I won't lie <laughs> but I think it'll end up at penalties uh, well I won't bottle it I think we, we might well go out here and and if it helps to keep us fresh and, and push on for the trophy that we desperately desire and, and, and works out the way we want it to then then I'll gladly take that but um I've got a feeling, yeah, we'll make a lot of changes and we might just go, might just go out here, uh, and a lot will be made of it, and then <clears throat> we'll see the the team come back in and get things back to normal. So there we go. So last thing then before we finish up, guy, uh, 
this is the last, our last one of 2018. So what would be your highest and lowest point of 2018 for Liverpool then? Well, the lowest picks itself, obviously, being the Champions League final. I'm sure that's the same for everyone. Yeah, um, absolutely well, fo- the same fo- for football, me, yeah. yeah, footballing reasons, obviously. I'm sure people have had uh, worse stuff happen. But um, highest... Mm. There's a few big ones in there. You know, think back to the obviously there's the whole Roma thing. There's mm-hmm. the, the the quarterfinals against City. That I mean, they were massive things. You've got obviously the Everton game and the way things <laughs> finished there. You know, Mourinho being sacked after beating them. There's there's lots of highs and and fun bits in there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a great. Year. I mean, this this particular season has just been. Stupid! <laughs> it's been unbelievably good, um, but I'll have to pick one from last season. Um, I'll go. I'll go the Roma game, the the first leg where we just absolutely spanked them, and pretty much everyone thought we're in the final. And then we went to Rome and just thought, "Ah, oh, we'll make it. We'll do the typical Liverpool thing and make it absolutely terrifying." <laughs> but I'll go the Roma first leg because I mean that that game was just it was disgustingly good. It was indeed. I'm going to go for. The unveiling of Virgil Van Dyke, the official unveiling, mm. because that for me, that that was it. That changed the course of of Liverpool Football Club. So uh, and this team, uh, that's that's the high for me. Uh, just he's been magnificent, and and I'll go for that fella because uh, well, I think we're all the way that Robbo looked up to him. I think we're all a bit like that, aren't we? Yeah, and and ten times more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So guy, um <clears throat> that's it then. That's that's us done for this month and, and done for twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, as I said, great year. I mean twenty nineteen look I need some wood. Touch wood. Um uh, hopefully twenty nineteen tops it. Uh it looks like touch wood. Uh, it looks like it possibly will. But uh, I mean Thursday's such a defining game so early in next year but 2018 heartbreak brilliant moments as we said um, but 2019 hopefully is better yeah I'll, I'll echo that one so uh, from myself and Guy it's it's a huge thank you to each and every one of you for listening into the show and for downloading uh, and happy new year to each and, and every one of you and just like Guy said let's hope 2019 uh, continues in this vein and just gets better and better and better so we'll be back next month, uh, but until then, from myself and from Guy here at the Reg Review Podcast uh, at Anfield Index, it's bye-bye now. Network.